You're listening to The Setup Podcast, a podcast that helps you navigate new topics in music, tech, and entrepreneurship with the most disruptive professionals in the music industry, turning their experiences working behind the scenes into actionable advice you can use. I'm Sydney. And I'm Sam. And And we're we're your hosts for The Setup Podcast. If you're like us, passionate about paving your own path, hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite app because we'll help set you up for success at The Setup Podcast. I want to say a quick shout out to our amazing listeners. Truly, I create this podcast to help those who are new to the industry, just like I was once. And I'm very happy to learn that I can also provide insight to those who have been in music for a while. I want to give another shout out to all of our new listeners of The Setup Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I am very excited for this episode today. We have a good friend of mine, Daniel G. Harmon. We've known each other for quite some time, and we finally got him on this podcast. In 2022, he suffered an injury that kept him bedridden for a month. Without the ability to sing or play guitar, he recorded an ambient instrumental EP from bed while using an OP1 keyboard, MIDI keyboard, and computer. This turned into a new exciting path that he's continuing to explore. In today's episode, we will discuss his new release, Unspoken Ghost, Volume 1, and his success with collaborations in his music. What's up? Hi. So how's it going? Good. We're so happy that you are joining us on this. I don't think that you've ever met my sister face to face, but this is her. This is Sam. I was wondering that too. Hi. And you're in LA? Are you still in Chicago? I'm still in Chicago. Yep. And I wish I was in LA right now because (laughs) it's crappy. I was just like telling my sister, can you please turn up the light? to to your face I'm like no my head hurts it's because all day like there's no direct sunlight in my apartment and it's dark in Chicago so if I turn it up my eyes hurt because I'm too used to the dark right now (laughs) oh no well that's how Seattle is the weather here not necessarily the weather but just from basically November to March it's dark from 4 p.m until 8 a.m essentially and it's horrible (laughs) Yeah, we're in the, and, we're definitely in the same boat. <laughs> My last company, major like ninety nine percent of the folks lived spread out somewhere in, in Washington State. Some, oh my gosh, I'm gonna like butcher some of this. Have you ever been? They're all. Have me? you visited? No, yeah. no, okay. I've never been to Washington State. I've always wanted to. A lot of them are sailors. Were you yeah. in the maritime industry or something? Or? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, it's a great question. No, when they hired, because they were all like sailors, and I look around, I'm like, all right, so I guess I'll be doing all the work, which I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, ha- Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How has your holidays been? How is your New Year? It's been good. I was in New York for the first well, second week of December and holidays are a big deal for my wife and I. So it was a bummer. It was a work thing, but I managed oh. to make it a personal thing too. So I was like going to, I went to a show every night. And, but by the time I got back, like December was halfway done and then it just flew by. And then you know how January is. 
<laughs> January is like the never ending month. I've read a thing last Catch year. It was like, why does January take so long to go by? And it doesn't. It's just that you have shit going on every night in December. And then yes. January, you're like, I'm not drinking this month. So, yeah, or whatever. I pushed it uh, off. And it's like, yeah. why did I do that for future me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, but things are good. Uh, we had a bunch of snow here in Seattle in December, which was nice because. I tend to be a hermit anyway, and Seattle shuts down when it snows, unlike sh Chicago or Denver, where you actually have to go out and do stuff and the city's built for it. Uh, Seattle is not, but yeah, it's been good. And the new year was just really mellow and glad to, I have a lot of music stuff coming up already. So it's nice to just sink my teeth back in and get back to work. So we are so excited for you and oh. loving the direction is going, but let me <laughs> tell you one thing I miss about Chicago, which I'm now realizing as time goes on, I miss a lot about Chicago. However, Denver, you would think that they're built to plow snow and I uh, continue on. The roads are treacherous at all times. And oh, no. it's, yeah, it's, I don't, it's I think, what happened. No, I the think the sun will melt it by 4 p.m. That's what well, everyone no, thinks. And that's the thing. <laughs> I think they think that the sun will do it. So, like, the morning crowd is in trouble. One, like, practically, and if they don't, they probably should, has a four wheel drive. So, like, they think, okay, whatever, you can get through it. No problem. Whereas in Chicago, you're not going up mountains and stuff. So, you could have whatever car you want. But I think they clean it really well there. So that's one thing that I'm starting to realize here. And you just got hammered too, right? Denver just got drilled with snow recently. Mm -hmm. It's still sunny, but it's so cloudy that it's still, it's not the ideal sun, but it's just different. So I hear okay. you there. And of course, what we're really excited to talk about is your recent release, Unspoken oh. Ghost Volume 1. It did come out in September and I, like I said, I'm really loving this direction like oh, so likewise. much. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, I'm liking it too. It's nice to not have to sing. Like I do a lot of singing like on collaborations that I do. I just recorded a bunch last night and shipped it off. But for this stuff, it's nice to find melody in other places. One thing, the a little backstory, if you don't know, is I broke my leg pretty severely in June and I was stuck in bed and I had these songs built out because I was traveling a lot earlier in the year and I was recording everything on this little portable synth keyboard drum machine, four tracker called an OP1. And my goal was like, every time I get on a plane, I'm going to write and record a song and then dump it into Logic. So I did that and I had about seven or eight songs. But I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with these things because they are very different than anything I've ever done. So lo and behold, June rolls along. I fall down some stairs. I break my leg. I'm in bed. And I was like, well, maybe I should. I'm very stoned all the time. And I'm just like watching baseball. And my wife is asleep. So I should be doing something. <laughs> so I asked her to go get me my MIDI keyboard. And then I just built them. I was like, oh, yeah, I have these. And so I built them out. And to me, it was just like really cathartic and really healing. And if now I'm like ex excited about music again. I've been doing this shit for so long that yeah. it, just, it comes in waves. But now it's, oh, this is a new thing. I'm excited about it. Thank you for saying that you'd like it. For me, it's like I've gotten to the age and to the point where I'm doing music for me now instead of for other people. And I obviously it's nice to be for people to say that they like your music or for you to be offered licensing opportunities, blah, blah, blah. But for me, it's now I can focus on what I wanted to do this whole time instead of having kind of a distraction. So of trying to be cool. I was having a conversation 
with someone like this producer today. And I was like, my goals have changed. Even in the last 10 years, I was like, I want to, every musician's like, I want to play on Saturday Night Live, right? Like when you're in a punk band, that's what you want to do. When you're like a mopey singer songwriter, that's what you want to do. But now all I want to do is collaborate and make music with artists that I love. Hard stop. If we, if I'd eventually like to get into doing soundtrack work and stuff, but this at the same time, I just love working with different genres of artists that push me to do different things. And to me, that's one of the great benefits of God forbid 2020 was I was right. able to stay at home, collaborate with people overseas, some people that I'd never met. And it really pushed me in a different direction, made me a better producer, better engineer. And yeah, I'm just happy to be doing music again, which is odd thing to say, because <laughs> for the longest time, I was just like down in the dumps about it. So Right. I feel and- like you're not the only one, especially right now. All of my other artist friends, they're in the same position or they're picking things up again, which is very cool and like an exciting time, especially when things are so accessible. But I want to get back to your leg. Is everything <laughs> okay now? Are you completely recovered? Yes and no. I So I broke three bones in my leg, my lower leg. I broke my tibia, my fibula, and a Jeez. little bone in my ankle. Yeah. And it was just, all I did was slide off a little step and put all of my weight. And it was like a one of those horrible like NFL backwards foot things. Oh my God. <laughs> So my, I have all kinds of metal in my leg, except for on my side bone, the fibula, and that's taking a longer time to heal. Like I've been exercising and I've never been like a high impact dude. Like I worked construction for a long time. So I'm good. At, I like doing stairs. Mm-hmm. I like riding a bike and I like walking. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not a runner, but I have a trainer who's having me like do jumping and stuff. And that's really starting to hurt again. Yeah. So I have to have a CAT scan to see if I have to have surgery and stuff, but hopefully that's not going to be the case. And I can just, they said that they have these like stimulators that they can put on your leg. That is like electric shocks. Oh, yeah. They're like your muscle. I think, yeah. no, it's, it encourages bone growth. Oh. It gets deep like, in there. How about you telling me this shit fucking six months ago? Yeah. <laughs> like, could have sped this right along. Like, why now? Because um, you're the test subject here. I like, guess. that's the healthcare system. And I won't yeah. get into that. But hey, hopefully you're moving in the right direction. <laughs> and fingers crossed that nothing else happens. And maybe it's just some minor pain, hopefully. But yeah. hey, at least... It brought this beauty of a release, if anything, (laughs) looking at the positive of it. So you said that like the accident happened in June, but you were creating these, these tracks like beforehand and was just like getting back to it, like during the time in the summer and the fall, how long did it take you to create these? So I started recording them on flights basically from like January until the week before my accident, like in May, basically the end of May. I had about seven or eight that were just like four tracks dumped into Logic that I had not arranged. It was just like I, whenever I would do it on the little keyboard, I would try to do two parts. I would try to do at least like a verse part and a and a chorus part or something. So it wasn't just like a drum machine, like a droney synth or something. So then I just didn't think about it, but it happened actually pretty quickly starting like the second week of June when I was just stuck in bed. I think I built them out, finished them probably in 
three weeks and that's like full instrumentation. I was able to come into here and do some, a little bit of guitar and a little bit of like other synthesizer once I, I crutched down, but then I just shipped them off. And my good friend who mixes all of my stuff, his name's Ryan Leva. He slotted me in and was able to get a mix within three weeks. So then that's by that point, it's like August and I wanted to like fully try to promote it as best I could. So I did a single first and then the album came out in September. I think the single came out like last week of August or something. So it's not heavily promoting it. I hired a publicist yeah. to do like local stuff, but you know, it's one of those things that comes with age too, is you realize like you're not for everybody. And I also, especially this stuff, it's not like I'm writing pop hits where there's a hook within three seconds or anything. This is stuff that takes a long time to right. sink your teeth into. And I just was trying to find an audience for that. So. And you know what though, although everything is super accessible and you can work with people all over the world, like you just mentioned, it's, it's crazy. The statistics on like how many tracks are being released every single day. So I feel like at this point, that's everyone's problem. It's like yeah. what to do? Who does this resonate with? What's happening? Why isn't it? So I think by you having that mentality is like, you're doing it for yourself. This is what makes you feel good. It'll find the people. Yeah. And I think just building relationships yeah. with, pe with people and putting yourself out. I'm a huge asker for things. I'm fearless when it comes to asking people that I want to collaborate with if I can, if they want to play on my track or whatever, like for the next record, the next version, volume two is pretty much all tracked. Now it just comes to arrangement and I've got a bunch of, every song has a collaborator. One of them is Corey Wong. And that was just like, a, I was like, Hey, I'd love to work with you on this. Do you want to, I sent him a handful of songs and he sent back one pretty quickly. And I was like, holy shit, now I have to do something with it. So it's very, I just am fearless when it comes to that stuff. And I think to be able to put yourself out there, I want to score a film. I want to do like a short, like a student film or something. You have to be able to talk to people, be nice. I always say the two keys to success in life are being nice and smelling nice, especially as a musician. Like the thing with like musicians and like studio nerds is they're just nice people that like, or that like to geek out over the same thing. And if you have someone that's an asshole, he's not going to cut the mustard, like hanging out in a studio for 12 hours a day for three weeks. So everyone's just generally nice and supportive, especially now. I think that there's just like a whole lot less ego than there was probably in the 90s or certainly the early 2000s in Seattle, where it's just who do you have to bribe to get put on the Def Cab show at the Crocodile? It's not I don't know. I, maybe that That's exists. I just, I'm, not, yeah. just not, I'm yeah. just not in that world anymore. And I don't really care. I'm not looking to play shows. I'm not looking to like get on a John Mayer tour. I just want to work with people that I like. As people. First off, I love that, you know, how you were talking about like the differences in volume one and two, and then collaborations and just asking and smelling good and all that good stuff. I've heard that before, by the way, the smelling good, but I think that is a good piece of advice. No, um, it's being nice and smelling nice. So yeah. That's it. Oh yeah. It's, it's not the good. I'm like, hey, they'll yeah. open any door. <laughs> that is so, so true. And if you ask my partner, like, I can't deal with smells. Like he just opened up a, what is it? Kimchi. And I'm like, please, I swear to God, brush your teeth. Like I cannot be in the same room as you right now. <laughs> Wait, I thought Ron Swanson only ate steak and drank scotch. <laughs> What's he doing with kimchi? 
<laughs> get that out of here for both of our sakes. What is he even Ian Kim tea with? <laughs> okay, it's he In just literally head. spoon feeds himself kimchi. That's pretty Ooh. gangster. If you want to prank me, hide in an open container of kimchi in here and I'll probably lose my mind. Yeah. Like I like style. kimchi like on stuff when you're having Korean food for made professionally, but yeah. I could, I would never like just have it around the house because I wouldn't, A, wouldn't know what to do with it. And I don't know if I could just raw dog it and eat it right <laughs> out of the jar. <laughs> no, this guy, uh, I swear to God, it literally is his afternoon snack. No, seriously. <laughs> I want to get back into your other thing that you mentioned earlier about collaborations and how every sing song on the volume two is going to include someone. I'm very curious, and I'm sure a lot of people need help with this. How do you uh, like choose those to collaborate with? That's a good question. So through my day job, I tend to meet a lot of people that are in music that make music as producers. And you just end up some people you're like, yeah, that's it's less about the music often. It's more okay. about can we get along as people? And like I said, if I like what they're doing and we get along, oftentimes they'll be like, hey, we should do some songs, something together. It And they always come together differently too. I have this song called The Gift that's just somehow completely blew up on Spotify because I ran a bunch of Facebook ads for it early on. And that's a collaborator with my coworker, Wilson. And I have a, as a bunch of people do, I'm sure every musician has a phone full of voice memos, which are just like random ideas. And to me, the voice memo, the voice note is like the best. To me, that's it captures the moment of creation. And you can beat the shit out of a riff in the studio and try to get it right. But it's never going to be as good as the first time it came out of you. Even if it's slightly imperfect, it's because it has that spirit that is just like exciting. So I end up sending when I you know, work with like hip hop producers or lo-fi producers, I end up just like being like, Hey, I have these voice notes. If you want to chop them up and put a beat over them, then send them back to me. So that's how the gift tur turned out. Basically I sent them two of these voice notes. I completely forgot about it. And then six months later, they sent this over and were like, Hey, check this out. I made this and I was like, Holy shit, this is awesome. And that happened to be the day that I found out that my parents went like full QAnon. So my wife went to bed and I was like, I got to deal with some shit. So I like came in here with a bottle of whiskey and wrote the melody and vocals and recorded it that night and shipped it back to Wilson. And then it was out like two weeks later. And that was like the leg breaking thing where I took a fucked up thing for me personally and turned it into art. But yeah. Going back to how do I find people? I don't know. I just, if I like them as a person and I like the music that they're doing, I have no problem asking. And I, I get asked a lot myself sometimes and I get, I turn things down sometimes. Mm -hmm. I turn down sometimes too, but I don't know. I just want to create art. And I will tell, I tell artists all the time that I think the number one marketing tool that anyone can do is collaborate with someone else. Yes. Yes. Cause you get access to both audiences. I and, agree. Uh, I agree 100%. That's actually one of my biggest like inclusions in a strategy or initial form of advice because there's so many different ways you can do it and approach it. it even if it's like a vocal on a track or what have you, it's shout out. It's like yeah. everything you can do after. But I'm going to put you on the spot here. 
Okay. But is there anything that you particularly include when you reach out? I feel like that's probably the biggest overwhelming thing that I think like some people deal with is like, what do I say? And sometimes it comes off as do this for me. So I'm curious, is there anything that you say that gets them more interested? I would just say be genuine and don't copy paste stuff. I get a bunch of random like DMs on Instagram from people who are like trying to sell me Spotify streams or whatever. And if you, it's just like, you can just tell it's copy paste. And very rarely will I get them from artists, but I know that happens. And I think that I did that early on in my career too, before I learned how to be a human. Right. It's Um, the easy thing, but in reality, you're wasting your time. Listen to their shit. Yeah. Say something specific about that song, a song that you like, be genuine. Don't reach out to artists that even if it's completely different genre, yeah. that's totally fine. But don't reach out to people that you legitimately don't like just because they're bigger than you. Like I like collaborating with people that I don't really give a shit about the numbers of what your Spotify followers are, or what your YouTube count is or whatever, because I also think people focus way too heavily on one platform in two years, Spotify may be destroyed by title. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Everyone should always be trying to focus on a shotgun approach to it. Cast a wide net. So just because you have 1,500 monthly listeners on Spotify, which may not seem like a lot, this person might also have 40,000 monthly listeners on YouTube music or on title or something. So go in with an open mind, be genuine, say something nice about something that they've done, be specific. And oftentimes I'll just say, hey, I think our vocals would work out like our vocals would sound great together if they're a vocalist or I'll just, and then I'll just be like, Hey, here's my hyperfollow page, which is kind of like Linktree where it has all of my releases and my links, or I'll just say, Hey, here's my Spotify link. Check mm-hmm. it out. And I just leave it at that. If it's someone I'm like super like aching to work with, I may follow up. Cause I know people are super busy just like I am, but mostly I just put it out in the universe and forget about it until I'm pleasantly surprised later on. If you are friends with someone on Instagram and you just happen to realize, oh, I like this person's music, then use Instagram. I don't, I think it's just navigate the, get a feel for that person and go, you think that they would be most comfortable with and try not to be super self-serving. It's true. And okay, Mm -hmm. I love that you said that the self-serving, that's exactly what I was trying to describe earlier, but that's like the perfect term for it. And also I think what's key is the follow-up. We're It's not that necessarily people are ignoring you, especially if it's the first touch and you guys haven't talked before. You're put in a folder on Instagram that people most likely don't check. So just to keep that in mind, they're not trying to be malicious, hopefully. It's just circumstances of the platform of their life. Yeah. I learned that from John Richards, the KEXP DJ here in Seattle, and he basically was and is the gateholder for stardom in indie rock at this point and the gatekeeper. And he said early on, like, just because I don't respond to you doesn't mean that I hate you. It's because your shit's now at the bottom of my email pile and just saying, Hey, what's up? Just make, just seeing if you saw this, just puts it right back. And it's not, you're not bugging them. Yeah. If they don't like it, 
I'm not going to send three or four emails to somebody, but if they're not interested, that's fine with me. They're, everything happens for a reason. Just because you're not wanting to work together, that isn't going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. And another thing I often say too is, especially if I'm working or want to work with someone who makes something that's completely different than what I do, for example, like someone that does hip hop tracks or lo-fi stuff, I'll often say, hey, let me know if you ever want any guitar or keyboards on your stuff. Here's a specific song that I've done with someone else that we could do something similar. Point to certain, if when it comes to that, I would point to specifics instead of being like, you go to Spotify and all of a sudden, here's a singer songwriter song that is completely different than what they would want to do with. Point to something in your catalog that's along the same lines. So you're not just like wasting their time or they don't have to dig through the crate. Yes. Yeah. It's about Make the context. Yeah, connect the dots for them. Yeah. And that shows that you're doing your homework too and you're just not putting them on blast with 30 other people. So Absolutely. And actually, that's really true though. Showing that you've done your homework or else it literally looks like you're trying to make them do work and yeah. they don't see any of the reciprocation immediately off the bat. Yep. I like that. That's something I've learned from being on the other side that gets many emails and messages (laughs) where you can immediately tell that they have probably haven't heard or listened to anything and can't tell me a damn thing. And it's just purely to get featured for whatever reason. Their yeah. new metal record or something. That's <laughs> yes. Also, I get many messages of, like you mentioned earlier, those people that can help you with your marketing and playlisting. And they say my music and I'm like, dude, I'm not an artist. Even right. this thing says podcast. Like what? <laughs> yeah, they're it's, just copy and paste. It's it's not a numbers game. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that probably bite, which sucks. Especially lower level artists who are just getting started, who are like fall for the Spotify streaming scams yeah, or whatever. Or people because everyone, a lot of those people end up just buying followers on Instagram. So instantly it looks within a day of creating an account, they've got 14,000 followers. So it looks like it's coming from someone reputable or someone that's like a tastemaker, yeah. which is just, it's just sad. It is. It is. If you, you don't know what to look for. It's like my mom giving her social security number. Yeah. <laughs> yes and that's what we're trying to help with that's why we have these conversations and hopefully it resonates with others but i'm very curious by the way between volume one and two there's a lot more the first one was instrumental which honestly is like my favorite thing in the world also i know you would categorize it as ambient i consider it lo-fi too and like i'm also obsessed with that i can't give it enough compliments but volume two i know you mentioned that there are going to be more collaborations there's going to be one collaborator and feature on every track that's going to be on it how else is it going to be different I think it's going to be not necessarily just because most of the things are tracked, except for there's definitely going to be some more like synth and stuff on it. It's going to be less in the box, like from just a MIDI perspective and Mm -hmm. more like analog and more guitar based and probably a little darker. There's some heavier stuff on there. Yeah, still instrumental, still sparse at times, but also bombastic at times. Yeah, I'm excited to I'm still it's in its infancy. And I say Mm -hmm. that like. My collaborative stuff has all been tracked. I still, basically what happens for, what happened for this is I would either do something that, and then I loop it and I'll send it off to someone and be like, Hey, you want to work on this? 
And then they send a thing back. And now is my turn to turn into the mad scientist and re rearrange things and actually build parts out of it. That's what one of the challenges was for the first one. Well, I've always been, I feel like my strong suit is melody and either guitar melody or vocal melody. But having that removed, I wanted to take that genre of music and make it not just droney, ambient, Brian Eno, like, kind of nothing much going on. I wanted to put melody into it and give it distinct parts, more of a songwritery composer approach to versus pressing a note and then making a beat over it or whatever. So now is the fun part for me, taking it all, each song apart and rebuilding it. And I don't know, I don't have any sort of time frame on it, but I'd like to have it done by the spring and out. My goal is to press vinyl for it because I've never done that. And I think that this style of music really would be awesome on um, obviously i love vinyl so i don't have anything on vinyl of my own so i think this would be a cool place to to start and my dog is trying to get in right now can scratching sign me up as your first purchaser of the vinyl i oh, love that so much and so i was thinking as a creative outlet how are your feelings when you sing versus make melodies or music just from instruments? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I've never thought of myself as a great lyricist. So for me, the music has always been the kind of emotive part where vocal, vocally the music, I'm not trying to necessarily, I always cringe when I go back and I listen to all the stuff I've sung on just because I hate my lyrics. So I, I've always searched for whether on guitar or like a vocal melody, I've always searched for like the winning the war part. There's a great old band from Denver, Christy Front Drive, and they were like fucking perfect at that stuff. They were just like, they were like one of the very first emo bands. They defined the genre early on and they were so good at the winning the war part. Mm -hmm. It's almost take going to like thinking of explosions in the sky that I think of that as like epic and they are very emotive without vocals. So that's a fun fun challenge for me. I've always realized like, no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm like writing a punk song or writing a mopey singer, songwriter, song, sad bastard type of song, <laughs> I'm still me. And an artist, once they find their voice, can't ever lose the fact that they're always going to be them. And I think that whether I go over there and I like push a key on the Moog, it's all, it's going to be the only person that could do it that way would be me. So taking that from a vocal standpoint and putting it into a, like a synthesizer or guitar thing, to me, some, there's really not a whole lot of difference unless I'm like playing live and I'm screaming my face off. That's, that's a visual thing. People get sweat thrown on them. But if I'm just like in my studio, I think that I still come across as me, no matter what, I, what, whether I'm sitting behind a guitar or in front of a keyboard. I think that just goes part of like you sticking with almost like your core values and like who you are, your core personality and pivoting, still bringing who you are to every piece that you put together or create. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I think that's why it's so hard sometimes to separate yourself from like your craft, especially trying not to let the vanity metrics get to you when things don't go the way you thought they were. Yeah. I mean, I that resonates with me. As a creator, I feel that. It's hard. <laughs> I think that one thing that's been nice about 
the age that we live in about the fact that we can release a single every week or every day or whatever if we want to versus 10 years ago when I was pr putting out CDs, that's like a thing that I there's all this buildup and then it doesn't do shit. And within a week, you're just fucking devastated. Yeah. But now I stay up until nine o'clock and I see if I got added to a Spotify editorial playlist and it or whatever else. If it didn't, I'm bummed for about five minutes. I go to bed and then I'm like, in a week, I have another song coming out. I move on quickly. And I think that's um, that's an exciting time to be in. It keeps people creative instead of... Also, the fact that I can record a record at home and I don't have to go yeah. spend $10,000 up the street at a studio to do it, where that's like a once every five year kind of purchase. Now I can, I could record a song tonight and have it out in a week if I wanted to, or a day. So let me know if my dog's being too loud, by the way. We can't okay. hear your dog okay. at all. <laughs> yes. That microphone is perfect. Okay, good. He's deaf and old, so he can't hear what he's doing. So he's learned how to bark now from his little sister. So he's definitely oh. just, but his barks are like deafening because he has no idea how fucking loud he is. Okay. And also, I have that same exact bet cat bed. Don't you wish they made up for humans? Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's called Puffle, and I I signed up for the uh, like what was it like starter or something? Yeah, yeah, like they just released it like last like a couple months ago, and it's so expensive. Oh it's my like god. It would have to be. Also, Daniel, you were hiding your sweet baby in the corner. Oh. He lets me live in. This is his office. So. Yeah, I know. I saw his. I basically saw him like side eye you, being like, oh. and Wait then curl, like, and then go back down. It's food time, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Right Wait, you. Oh my god, you have three beds in there. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah, the two dogs and the cat. This quickly went off the rails. I'm sorry. Or got on the rails. I don't know. So let's bring this back in because we have one last question for you. Uh -oh. So, Daniel, we ask this to everybody. But what do you want to be known for? I should you have prepared. I should have go, done my homework. Going uh, from a lighthearted talking about animals to something deep. Yeah, no. I think that I want to be known for being a kind person, trying as hard as I can to have relationships with people that can sometimes be challenging and just trying to spread positivity as hippy-dippy as that sounds. I'd also like to be known as someone that put out music that people listen to once in a while, but mostly just being a good person and treating people well. Love that. What about being nice and spelling nice? That goes fall <laughs> into that? That's, I don't even need to say that because that's, that's how I am. Every single day out. <laughs> yeah. Being nice and smelling nice. And that is, that is the Dan commandments, I think. That should be the golden rule. <laughs> it is. It is the Daniel G. Harmon rule. Peace opens well, all the doors. I'm just excited because I, well, one, definitely started like listening to all your music on Spotify and I get really obsessed. So you're probably going to see an uptick in those streams over the next couple of months because I'll be listening like all day. <laughs> I'll be like, you're the one. From yeah. Chicago. You're the one yeah. from Chicago. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I can't Thank wait you. for my friends to get Mammy. <laughs> no, I love it. Thank you so much. No, thank you. You're ready. It's, it feels good when you can feel like the energy and the emotions and songs. Honestly, it's nice. And like weirdly relatable without like lyrics. But I'm not a lyrics person. So that's probably why too.
I always listen to songwriters whose lyrics that I don't know if you get like this, but shows became really hard for me for as a as a musician, like going to shows because I was either like, fuck these guys, like I'm better than them. I should be up there, not them. But the word that which is a terrible thing to say, but the worst <laughs> part, the worst side of it was the um, what am I doing with my life? The, these people are way better than I'll ever be. And I, when I think of great lyricists that like John K. Sampson from the weaker thans, Frank Turner, like people who are just like, can really say what they mean. I'm like the same. I'm like, I just need to hang it up. <laughs> like, I just need to make instrumental music because this is just, or I can just write like the dude from Cigarose and sing beautifully, but just Right. It's words. Yeah. So maybe that's my next thing. Yeah. I'll create a try language. it out. Yeah, yeah. Try it out and see what happens. Well, thank you so much, Daniel, for joining us on this episode. I'm so happy that we were able to do this. Things do really come full circle. I agree. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I appreciate you reaching out after getting my newsletter. <laughs> Happy I, was I, on hate, it. I hate sending those things because I'm it's every time I post something on Instagram or do something, I'm like, well, I'm going to lose followers or I'm, I'm going to the unsubscribe list is going to go up. So I, I hate sending that stuff out. I don't know why. That's where my insecurities come in. Well, let me tell you, I'm happy you did. And I think there's a fine line between with frequency between annoying and refreshing and because they don't happen often. I'm like, oh, this is what he's been up to. Nice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And it had been like, I think since 2020 that I sent the last one out because we did that Christmas and quarantine song for, for Christmas. Which um, is very different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. But anyway, thank you so much. Well, thanks again. And I just want to quickly give another shout out to your release for the listeners. If anyone wants to check out Unspoken Ghost Volume 1, it is out everywhere. And also stay tuned for Volume 2. Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And maybe I can come back when I do volume two and we can chop that one up. Yeah. Seriously. uh... (laughs) There's so much more that I want to talk about with you as I'm going to edit this. I'm going to be like, that's a topic. That's a topic. Let's go. (laughs) Well, enjoy your weekend. And thanks again. Bye guys. Have a great weekend. weekend. Talk to you later. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Setup Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review the Setup on Apple Podcasts. And I encourage you to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. If you have any topic recommendations or questions, please visit us at www.thesetupseries.com.